Prepare to get shell-shocked as we present another episode of Put on a Stack of 45s with your splendid bohemians, Bill Mesnick and Rich Buckland. Bill, my friend, how are you? I am uh, I'm in good spirits. Good. That's all we can ask for in this universe, to have... Uh, amazingly, amazingly that I'm in good spirits. And to try to pass those good spirits on, which is what we're going to attempt to do right now. You came up... Oh, with, with this record... Nothing but good spirits. Nothing but good spirits, and it was a uh, it was an ingenious uh, thought that crossed your mind regarding this particular forty five RPM. This is, of course, the program where we present a forty five RPM of note, and uh, the notes on this particular recording are dramatic because of the artist and the writer. Uh, the record's called Outside Chance. Who recorded it, my friend? The Turtles. The Turtles. The Turtles. How the B side was "We'll Meet Again," which is, you know, you know that song. Um, it's at the end of Doctor Strangelove. We'll meet again. Yes. Don't know where. Yes. Don't know where. But apparently, the Turtles recorded it in a rocking version, and that was the B side of "Outside Chance." Uh, "Outside Chance" did not chart. It was on the White Whale uh, label in 1966. And they, the Turtles, of course, had problems with, with White Whale and uh, the disintegration that led to a hiatus. What a lot of people don't know is the Turtles were in lawsuits from 1966 to 1974. We trusted everybody. We believed, and we'd sign anything. Here's a brief description of the managerial problems faced by a rock and roll band, us. Here's what happened. First of all, our first manager came along. He's the guy who owned the nightclub. Remember him? Yeah. He convinced us he was good by telling us, I'm your manager. We signed. We believed Good him. enough for us. Manager number one, now we got a manager. We all went right. out on the road with this guy right here. Call him two. We'll call him number two. He told us that manager number one was no good. He said he was a crook. Said manager number one hated us, stole our money, never wanted to see us again. So he said, what should we do, sign with you? Yeah. So we believed him. We signed him. with number two. We went to our record company and we borrowed $250,000. We paid manager number one $50,000 of our money. Cash. Our money cash. cash we promised manager one five payments of fifty thousand dollars manager number two now we're really poor we're out on the road he takes our contract and sells it to a company in new york and told us it was a new agency we believed him there was no agency no 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 so he gave us that money told us it was an advance but it wasn't an advance these are guys that came out of westchester new york and howard kalen and mark volman they met in high school and then were joined by Al Nickel, Jim Tucker, Chuck Ports, Don Murray, and Peter Whitmer. Now, I need to correct you because I believe that this particular Westchester is in Los Angeles. Westchester, Los Angeles, and you are absolutely correct. Ten no. big points for Gwim Mesnikov. Well, I made note of that because... I immediately assumed Westchester and New York as well, and then I did a double take. Uh, they they met in high school, Westchester High School, Westchester in high school. Los Angeles. You are absolutely correct. And, I and at that time, um, Howard Kalin, he had a surf band called the Night Riders. The Night uh, Riders, which he also had along the same time that he had the Crossfires and the Turtles, spelled T Y R. T L E S. 
Right, and he was a sax player. Yes, yes. Um, I think that those early recordings on White Whale are, are fascinating for the artists that they covered because Outside Chance was written by, in my estimation, one of the greatest songwriters who ever lived, Mr. Warren Zevon. Amazing, right? Yeah, and uh, with a guy named Glenn Crocker, Glenn Crocker, who I don't know. Yeah, good. Glenn Crocker co-wrote them. But, uh, but uh, of course, The Turtles' uh, Let Me Be was written by P.F. Sloan. Don't mistake me or try to make me the shadow of anybody else. I ain't for him or her, you think I am. I'm just trying hard to be myself. Oh, society's goal is to be part of the whole. This may sound good to you, not to me. Another of the great, great, great songwriters. They picked good songwriters. They uh, they started with Dylan. It ain't me, babe. Well, that was kind of a no-brainer, knowing what was coming. The whole folk rock. Yeah, scene. and they were right in there. I mean, that song you showed me was written by Jim McGuinn and, and Gene Clark that they recorded. Yep, yep. I mean, and they also had this. They had they had very good taste. Um, Very good taste. Zevon was also on White Whale, by the way. Yeah. He and his partner, Violet Santangelo, that recorded under the name Lime and Sabelle and had a record called Follow Me. Um, and these were both produced by the estimable Bones Howe. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, you know, the, you have legendary uh, Los Angeles producers and Bones Howe constructed uh, instrumental work for the Ventures and was able to um, correlate just who the Turtles wanted to be to keep them commercially successful and viable for quite a period of time. Yes, um, like, um, you know, they had this kind of snotty, angry folk rocker uh, stance, which is uh, quoted from the Nuggets book, which... Outside chances included in Nuggets. I had forgotten all about that. But it has that chiming 12-string riff, and it, <clears throat> it's right in keeping with the whole folk rock, Beatlesque um, vibe. But that turned into something else altogether, didn't it? Oh, because yes, totally. I don't think that there were recordings that had the jubilance of Happy Together or Eleanor uh, during that period. Yes, they became very cuddly. Yeah. And and the personae of Mark Volman and Howard Kalin, you know, being Flo and Eddie and being jokesters and comedians, that became their whole M.O. He's the fluorescent bleach, I'm his partner, 
Yeah, that was the trademark. That was that that was the trademark, and you combine it with these beautifully crafted recordings, so well produced, so well performed. Yeah, so many strong records and so many hits for that band. Well, I was just going through their box set, and what was astounding to me is after not listening it to to. 40 cuts in their entirety for so long. Uh, this is a great catalog of popular music. Yes, great band. Great, great band. Yeah. They did not have an opportunity because of the nature of these recordings to do real live performing. Uh, it's just too hard to emulate uh, the, the, the scoring and the instruments required to put Happy Together over and Eleanor over purposely uh, with, with the purpose that it was designed for. But well, it's offered, hard, to, hard to remember how big Happy Together was. It was ubiquitous. I mean, it was everywhere. Now, for all of you youngsters all over the country and Canada who've been playing the new hit recording, Happy Together, here are the youngsters who click with it. Here are... The turtles. So let's have the turtles. Imagine me and you, I do. I think about you day and night. It's only right to think about the girl you love and hold her tight. So happy together. If I should call you up, invest a dime. And you belong to me And it's my mind Imagine how the world could be So very fine So happy together think huge due to the happiness factor I mean we we needed something at that particular period during that period to offset the drama that American life had presented us with war and rage and racial issues and here comes here comes something from these two Jewish kids who just uh, they changed the identity of uh, of what this music could be, and there were other records of the period that that, that of course did so. But I, I think that their recordings were just at the top of the list because they were so well executed. And uh, there's a they, they they knew who they were, and that's, yeah, that's uh, they're very cool. clearly, confidently, uh, sort of managed uh, self-image. And even in their old age, with the Happy Together tours, <laughs> one of which I, I, I did witness. I have, oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. And you look, you know, nostalgia, musicians require the ability to make a living. The dramatic transformation 
of Kalin and Volman into the Frank Zappa atmosphere was so successful for them. The fluorescent leech and Eddie. Flo and Eddie. And I remember having seen them at the old Felt Forum, which was below Madison Square Garden, with Tim Buckley, uh, with Frank Zappa. And I must have seen them too because I saw a Mother's Invention Mother's Day show at the Fillmore. They were probably on board for that too. I think, I think they, I think Don't they recall. were. Yeah, and you know what Zappa would do is he would call them up when he had the ability to add extra members because he was always having to let people go, and uh, you know he wanted as large. You know, Zappa, needless to say, wanted a symphony orchestra. That's really what he wanted. But uh, uh, Flo and Eddie uh, had other... They sang behind T-Rex and Bang a Gong. They sang behind Springsteen and Happy a Hungry Heart. They had a radio show, Flo and Eddie, by the fireside on K-Rock. They did Care Bears, which was a children's cartoon show. And what's interesting about the Happy Together Tour, which was started in 80, they started this in 84. So, you know, the trend of the rock revivals had already begun when we were going to rock revivals in the uh, early 70s. Yes, we'll talk about this. They sued Pandora and Sirius um, for royalties. Uh, for the music before 1972. And so this is kind of a theme that we, we covered in our last episode as well. Um, and that was fractured state by state. It wasn't federal. And they were not victorious. Finally, in 2017, in, in California, they won. Sirius paid $40 million in damages. Well, they had... Their issues with finances were always so, um, they were always embroiled in, in money the, problems. That they're it, litigious. It meant nothing to them to, uh, to go out and try to seek whatever they felt they were, they were entitled to. Uh, and, of course, it began with White Whale and... Um, their efforts to turn the Turtles into something approaching an assembly line pop act like the early monkeys. That was their intention. And that's yes. where the... Yes. That's where and the they were was. quite successful in that way. Well, they were... They, to a certain degree. But um, you have to figure that you can only take so much of this and the marketplace can only take so much of it. The, their career was pretty much over by 1970. Um... And they released more golden hits and uh, B-sides uh, <laughs> demonstrates just what was, what was happening. How long are you going to keep this thing alive? Well, I, no wonder they wanted to get, you know, because you can live on one, the royalties from one song. But they obviously, as being not writers, um, they had to fight harder to get those royalties. Yeah, and you can, I highly recommend one of the best uh, memoirs regarding rock and roll and rock and roll life. It's called Shell Shock. It was written by Howard Kalin. It is not just about the Turtles. It's about their careers in its entirety. 
and gives you interesting perspective into some of the things we are touching upon. And they, it's written with great humor and it's written with great uh, uh, honesty as when they were welcomed to the White House and uh, were sniffing cocaine off of Abraham Lincoln's desk. <laughs> uh, you know, these, Those cut-ups. These, these guys had a sense of humor, right? Huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we talked Well, about- circling back for a minute to Happy Together, uh, the B-side for Happy Together was She Quit Me, which was written by Warren Zevon. So he must have been quite happy together. Well, I think with that song, I think Zevon had, as we had discussed, he was pretty much a classically trained musician Mm. who had made, uh, who had many, many different uh, visions and versions of himself. And his conflicts are well documented in his biographies. But um, those early recordings. And those early opportunities of success were he had great gratitude for 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 that because it it demonstrated and substantiated that he belonged in the industry. Yeah, yeah. I was amazed that he was quite young when he when he had those early opportunities. And this is right the, in high school. Right, right in high school. And so, you know, inevitably he gives us Mohammed's radio. restless and they got no place to go and someone's always trying to tell them something they already know so their anger and reason runs cold don't it make you want to rock and roll all night long Headless Thompson Gunner, the Envoy, Lawyer Guns and Money, and... Don't forget Werewolves of London. Werewolves of London and Excitable Boy, which of course is probably the song keeping him out of the Hall of Fame because they can't justify how he raped her and put her bones in a cage. Um, I don't know if you need to perform them, but... The only reason I even mention him in the breadth of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is because there's only one thing that the Hall of Fame can do if you are deceased. It will bring attention once again to you and your career, and monies uh, from royalties will go to the estate, and your family will have an opportunity to benefit. So it's to remind people of who you were and in some instances there are artists that are brought up that I don't think are required listening but Warren Zevon in my estimation uh, one listen to Hasten Down the Wind and you understand why he is required listening oh no without argument
She tells him she thinks she needs to be free. He tells her he doesn't understand. She takes his hand. She tells him nothing's working out the way they planned. She's so many women. He can't find the one who was his friend. So he's hanging on to half a heart, but he can't have the restless part. So he tells her to hasten down the road. Yeah, yeah, required listening. As are the turtles. And I'm going to tell you something, gang. I highly recommend Shell Shocked and get your hands on a great turtles compilation. They are out there. But I'm talking about the ones with 20 or more tracks on them. And you get a full scale idea as to how. Uh, how eclectic and how creative uh, producers and musicians were with them. Uh, they were also great singers, and I remember their vocals with Zappa, and they really had this particular uh, union where their harmonies were perfection. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, they were perfect harmonies. So, um, outside chance... Let's let let's let's give that a little spin right now for the please. Day. The titles with a U. You can try to please me, but it won't be easy. It's a great, it's a great uh, example of songwriting prowess in its 
pop infancy mm-hmm. as well as uh, the recording industry finding its legs during a period of time when there were so many chances to do new things. Yeah, and it just it makes me smile every time I hear it. Yes, yes. It's, it is a joyous, it is a joyous uh, representation of our pop culture. And uh, I wish to thank the Turtles and, of course, Warren Zevon. But uh, as I say, if you have an opportunity, give them a real hard listen. The Turtles are great, great uh, recording artists. Yeah, and check out our Warren Zevon episode. We have a Warren Zevon episode, which you will find on our Dig This page. And, uh, yeah, we get pretty deep into, into Warren. There have been biographies written. They are somewhat received critically because of the uh, certain people contest some of the information in these biographies. But the thing we cannot contest is the generosity and the grace that he showed as he was dying and sitting with David Letterman discussing the uh, impending doom and his words, which are now etched, should be etched in stone all over the world. Enjoy every sandwich. You know, you put more value on every minute. You do live. I mean, I always thought I kind of did that. I really always enjoyed myself. But yeah. but it's more valuable now. You're reminded to enjoy every sandwich and every minute of mm-hmm. playing in the, with the guys and, and being with the kids and everything. Yeah. Enjoy every sandwich and I... I'm trying, Warren. I'm trying to do that. That you know, when Letterman asked him what his advice is, <laughs> is his his whole overview from this experience. He goes, "Enjoy every sandwich." And boy, you know, he was a complicated cat. And, and believe me, the turtle records are much more complicated than you're going to give them credit for. Why yeah. Eleanor does to me what it does to me, I really don't even want to begin to put into words. But as we all know, music has this way of touching people differently. And oh, yeah. I just erupt with joy when I hear some of these recordings. They're uh, beautiful. They're beautiful. It's nice, it's nice to spend, revisit the turtles. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it's, I guess that's the point I've been making a couple of times here. Yeah. If you have, are not educated and think that they are only uh, responsible for a few hits, um, you're, you're dramatically wrong. And, uh, our best to Mr. Kalen and Mr. Volman as they encounter their own trials and health tribulations. As recently as um, there's a rap artist named Gucci Mane who sampled part of You Showed Me and, uh, on a record transmitting live from Mars. And I guess uh, the boys were successful in um, getting him to pay up. 
Well, there will be certain instances. I guess that has to do with sampling. Yeah, sampling. And I think sampling opened up a whole other copyright. That was a whole other way of you know, using free music, yes. which now yes. has been uh, looked at. And, you know, the, the, the legal examinations of what intellectual property is and how it's utilized obviously come into play and why some artists receive royalties and why they don't. The legalities of, these, uh, of this are still things that uh, yeah. are, are very hard to comprehend. But uh, they had a period where they had money stolen from them. They were in, in bankruptcy. There's a video on YouTube where they take a, uh, a uh, chalkboard and with a piece of chalk, they draw this diagram as to how their finances spiraled into nothingness and explain it. And they do oh, it. Oh, I'd like to see that. They do it comically, but it's it's really intelligently done, especially no matter what business you're in, to see how things go wrong, whether you're paying oh, attention. The music you, business is notorious. Yeah, the, absolutely, absolutely. You know, you think you got something coming and then you wind up with absolutely nothing. And Robbers are, and thieves everywhere. There are so many lawsuits Bill, still out there to this day that have yet to be finalized regarding artists who recorded re records 50 years ago who never received royalties. So uh, when Paul Simon sings about the moon glows, the five satins, the Orioles, the Ravens, whomever to think that these gentlemen got their just due and these gentle women got their just due. Oh, no. Oh, no. But uh, that's rock and roll, baby. That's rock and roll. So please remember to tune in Captain Billy's Magic 8-Ball. We're going to have the Grateful Dead coming up for you, live dead. And Billy's got some surprises, as he always does. And the Splendid Boho, where we give a character actor an award for enhancing an already great motion picture and making it even greater. And the latest, we, we have done Laird Krieger, which still, Bill, I wake up screaming sometimes. Are you still getting some good uh, reaction to yes, Laird Krieger? Yes, and John Carradine, of course. John Carradine, we covered for his work in The Grapes of Wrath. And this was an astounding career. So please give a listen to, and the splendid boho goes to, and you will find this on our Dig This pages, Facebook, and uh, on the Internet. And we are linking. We are constantly linking. And we will have uh, much more to come. So, my friend, I thank you once again for another uh, episode. And I thank you for your suggestion of Outside Chance, a wonderful recording to cover. And uh, Thank you. It's a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing. You take care of yourself. Everybody out there, you take care of yourselves. Be thankful for what you got. Hold on to your families. We're very lucky no matter what this country is, no matter how divided it is. We are so fortunate to have uh, the opportunities to not have to be uh, murdered in our Mass sleep. Massacred, yeah. It's really terrifying what, what the world is still capable of doing and how little power we seem to have as a human species to stop it so enjoy every sandwich well said bill mesnick and rich buckland bidding you farewell for now we shall return 